All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? Um, Today, I feel like a panda. Okay. They're not real, but okay. Ex- well, I don't feel very real today. I feel like made up. Have you looked into some of this stuff about pandas, though? They're like, not like fucking real. Well, have you seen some of the weird statistics they say? It's like the baby's born like like three ounces or something like that, but somehow it grows like to be 450 pounds. Like, Who's their coach? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. Pandas aren't real. I read like a... I was I read a Reddit thread for like three hours, and I'm fully convinced that pandas aren't real, and nobody can tell me otherwise. So very abstract. I highly can, recommend looking into it. Yeah, you can look on TikTok now and like type in pandas aren't real as the hashtag. <laughs> and I mean, there's like there's investigative videos of people and they're like, here's 15 reasons that pandas aren't real. There's quantifiable data as to why they're not real. They've not yeah, been recorded in Chinese history one time. And any of the yeah. dynasties, they're not real. Yeah. I'm very passionate about this subject. Yes, like I Panda still... Express. It's based off of. It's based off fiction. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Panda Express, though. It is one of my favorite places to eat because I love garbage Chinese food. It's a kink of mine. See, uh, like if they if they figured out pandas weren't real and they had to change the name of the restaurant, what would they change the name to? Express. Just Express. That's a, that's, a clo- that's a clothing store, so it'd have to be like... See, I would go with like Lizard Express. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, we can run with that. Yeah. We'll start a petition, because pandas aren't real. Do you think we could file like a class action lawsuit against Panda Express for like fraud? I mean, I'm sure you can sue for just about anything these days. Like, you know, that's what I've learned. People will just sue for whatever. Panda Express were coming for you. Yeah. Caused me heartburn. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> pandas aren't real and it makes my heart hurt. Exactly. Thank you. I'm glad we're on the same page about this. Yes. We'll do a GoFundMe page. Um, I feel like uh, a lynx. I just feel fierce today, apparently. I don't know. I just woke up feeling dangerous. So, so you're normally a rat. Today you're a cat. Mm-hmm. So you're just moving one letter. Evolution, baby. Circle of life. <laughs> All righty. Well, on a on a less lighthearted note, um, today, guys, we are going to be talking about mental health. So if that affects you in any way, please do not listen. Um, we're kind of just going to dive into kind of a topic that me and Tyler discussed probably like two or three months ago where, you know, as far as scope of practice goes with being a coach, where the line is drawn of when an athlete needs to seek additional therapy as far as, you know, as a coach, where, at what point are we trying to just be a coach and what point are we trying to be a therapist? And that's obviously not what we can do. So I went on a rant about this uh, a while back when I was still in prep of it is important to communicate with your coach what's going on in your life. But when I communicate these things with Tyler, because he is my coach, I do not have the expectation of him fixing it. Um, I personally do go to therapy. I go twice a week. Um, I go through betterhelp.com, which I highly recommend. It makes therapy very accessible and it makes finding a therapist very easy. Um, it's almost like 
the equivalent of Tinder for a therapist. So you can kind of find the person that fits your needs, your age bracket, and those kinds of things. Um, but it is something that that I will speak very, very highly about and how it's changed my life for the better. Um, I do believe a lot of us get into fitness, into training um, for therapeutic needs, but I've learned for myself that isn't all that I need to try to continue to better my mental health with all of the shit that I have been through in this life. So what's your stance, Tyler? Well, I think mental health is probably one of the most important things and aspects in life if you want to be successful and be your best self. Like if you want to achieve your goals, whatever they may be, if that's in business, lifestyle, competing, you've got to have your mental health in order. Like I always tell people, if you don't love yourself, it's hard to love somebody else or have other people love you. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I've learned this my, myself as well. Um, you know, uh, a good story about me is like my last prep, I was going through a divorce, uh, from a toxic relationship. I'd been in a toxic marriage and, you know, after I got done with my show, I kind of felt lonely. Like I felt like, what's my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do now? I was having trouble, like getting my life together in a way where I could understand what was going on mentally. Like I couldn't tell who my real friends were. I couldn't tell, like, I I felt like everybody was talking about me. Like I felt like there was just something wrong. Yeah. And I went to a therapist for that. Mm -hmm. And for me, it only took me one visit, yeah. you know, which, which is, you know, I know a lot of people need a lot of visits and I, I, I definitely can agree with that. Yeah. For me, it only took one visit though. It took me one visit for the, somebody to, with an unbiased opinion to tell me what I needed to hear or what, like not what I wanted to hear, what I needed to hear mm-hmm. about my certain situation for me to be able to move on with life. And, you know, I scheduled another appointment afterwards, but I took everything he said to me and everything we talked about. And, you know, two weeks later, when I was supposed to go to my next appointment, I called him and said, hey, man, I really appreciate you, but I just don't think I need this right now. Yeah. And I haven't went back. Yeah. So, you know, for some people, I, I want to tell, tell you, the therapist is worth it. Yeah. For some, you may only need to go once like I did. But mm-hmm. there's also a lot of situations where I have a lot of clients I work with and they go on a weekly basis. Yeah. Or, you know twice monthly or just monthly. And it's based on the person and your past experiences and what you're personally going through. For sure. I I, I personally go twice a week and I have been for quite some time. Um, And I also like fortunately have access to talk to my therapist whenever I need to, like I can just text her and just be like, Hey, like this is what's going on. You know, what are your thoughts? Um, That's just my circumstances, right? Like I'm in a, a reconciliation phase where I'm actually, sitting down and learning about suppressed trauma that I have completely forgotten about, right? So like 2016 through 2018, I almost don't recall anything specifically about those two years of my life because I went through so much in those two years that I just suppressed it all. So I'm going twice a week right now because it's helping me understand why I respond to certain situations like I do because I've been diagnosed with PTSD. I was clinically diagnosed with depression when I was 12 years old and diagnosed with social anxiety when I was 18 years old, I believe is when I had my first panic attack. So I've got a lot of shit that I'm trying to figure out in my life. And 
therapy has been the way that I've been able to have a comfortable conversation with myself and understanding these things, right? Like it's not, I'm not in a position where I can say like I'm fixed, right? Because I am a mess, but I'm understanding why I'm a mess, like what is causing these things. And that's helping me work towards bettering that and being just a better person to myself because I've never really been good to myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, you know, and I think a, a lot of people need to hear that going to a therapist or seeking outside help is okay. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing wrong with it. Um, you know, as a coach, I help, you know, so many different clients and I've had many people with many different um, issues. Yeah. And there, there's a thing like that. There's things that I can help with, but there's also things that are definitely outside of what my focus is. Like I am able to help somebody get in shape, prepare for a competition, get healthy, but there's certain things that I just can't do. And I don't feel right trying to help with, you know, like for example, like if you were to tell me of, of your past, I can't, I don't, I'm not qualified to talk to you about some of those things. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not, I have not went through the training. I have not went through the proper emotional, you know, I don't have the proper emotional intelligence for, for sure. some of those topics. So I always tell some of my clients, I'm like, Hey, it may be better for you to seek out this. And I'll even recommend therapists now, you know, like ones that I know, or, um, like you said, you have a website that you go to that you mm -hmm. trust. And I think that it's a very valuable tool that a lot of people like, don't understand how useful it can be. Yeah. I, I think for me, man, like where I have found a lot of my purpose in this world is, is trying to be the one to just raise my hand and discuss my shit on, on very publicly. Um, initially it was with my eating disorders that I'd, I've been through and continued to, you know, battle. Um, but it's trying to just break the stigma because like when I started trying to go to therapy, like I was kind of embarrassed, right? Cause I was like, I felt like obviously with like this whole, these stigmas and everything else and kind of like social expectations, like I felt weak in certain regards for choosing to do this. But in reality, like the vulnerability has given me empowerment in a certain sense, right? Where I think some people are just like, no, nah, dude, I'll figure it out. And it's like, no, like you fucking won't. Like, I'm sorry, you won't. I tried to figure it out for a long time. I tried to use everything as a distraction in this world. And it turns out it doesn't fix it. You know what I mean? It's it's a matter of just having that head-on conversation with yourself. Like, hey, I'm not okay. And that's okay because you can fix it, but you have to choose to want to fix it, right? Um, but with that too, like you said, like, I, I've been in positions like the, the, you know, empath in me where, where clients come to me and they're like, Hey, this is going on. And I will share my experiences for them to not feel alone in what they're going through. But then it's a conversation of, Hey, but this is who you need to talk to besides me. Exactly. Like I will be, I will take off my coach's hat and put on my friend hat and I will talk to you as a friend and as an equal and share what I've been through. That's similar. So you can understand that you're not alone in this. But I can't give you the steps and tools to fix it beyond that. And that's not where this conversation needs to end. Like you, you have to go find somebody, you know? That's the thing is like, I think a lot of people always like to ask them, like, do you need a coach or do you need a therapist or do you need both? Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a key question. Cause you know, for example, like I have a few people that have had past eating disorders that I work with now 
I do not typically take on somebody that isn't currently getting help with their eating disorder. Like everybody I have that has an eating disorder also has a therapist that they work with. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because there's certain things on my end that I just can't help them with. Yep. Like I can I, definitely encourage them to eat their food and um, help with their body image and give them positive feedback and positive reinforcement. But when it comes to those negative image, negative thoughts and negative self image, there's got to be somebody else in the equation to make everything work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's a tough position to be in. And, and it kind of goes back to the same thing with me. Like when I get somebody who has disordered eating patterns or they just reach out to me because they want to talk, like my heart breaks, right? Because I relate all too well. Um, I've talked about it openly, but I obviously grew up obese and I had closet eating. I was a very bad closet eater growing up. And then uh, in 2016, I kind of experimented with intermittent fasting. And this is not me blaming intermittent fasting. It's me blaming me, right? But I would fast for two or three days at a time and then I'd binge eat and then I would purge and I'd do hours of cardio. So I basically had a combined binge eating disorder and bulimia like complex for like a year. And uh, it's something that I still struggle with from time to time. Like binge eating is something I probably still deal with more than I realize because obviously I don't understand portion control and I never have. Um, I haven't purged in a long time, which I'm very proud of. But so I, I, I relate all too well to those people and I want to have those conversations to let them know that they're not alone in this and that it can be, I don't want to say fixed because I don't know that it can ever necessarily be fixed, but you can at least learn the tools and tricks like I have to kind of negotiate with yourself and kind of be proactive and prevent these things from occurring as much as you can. But with that, I'm still not a therapist and I can't give them like, I don't want to say sound advice, but I can't give them like a step process to get through it. I can just be like, Hey, I get it. And that's really where I can leave it at. Unfortunately. Well, that's the thing, man, is I think with me and my, my, my specific event, you know, I didn't go originally see a therapist for quite, some time because I had too much pride. You know, I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm not weak. I don't need to go see a therapist. Like I thought of it as like a weakness thing. Mm-hmm. And in reality, I think it's a major benefit and strength. If you can admit that you need to talk to somebody and get unbiased feedback about your life, because like, here's the thing, man, if you go to your friends, like if you were to go to go to your closest friend and tell them what your issue is, they're often going to side with you. They're going to tell you what you what you want to hear. For sure. They will often not be honest with you. They'll beat around the bush. They'll, you know, if you say something bad about your um your parents and stuff like that, they'll be like, well, your parents suck. Mm-hmm. Like, and in reality, there's two sides to something. And having somebody that doesn't know you that can give you ideas of how that other person may feel or what you're doing and how that may affect things in your life or how this could be better handled is often a valuable tool for sure yeah for sure because and that's the thing that i've had to find too is like you can't surround yourself with yes men when it comes to issues like this right like my therapist is very cut and dry of if if i'm doing something irrational or if it's something else right where it's not like this isn't like a pat chris on the back session it's like hey asshole this is where you're messing up too um and that's the most important thing but like you said like for a long time i was a stubborn kid and prideful and i don't need to go to therapy that's you know because that's 
the society is kind of, I think that the stigma is starting to shift with like our generation, but the generation before us, like you would not catch a grown man going to fucking therapy. You know what I mean? Like that was deemed as like pitiful back then. Um, but I think it's a lot of people overlook the importance of it. Even if you don't think you have an issue, it's like, it's worth at least exploring the idea. If if yeah. you, if you have the, if you are in the pre-contemplation phase of, should I go to therapy? Subconsciously, there's something there that probably needs to be addressed, and it's worth at least exploring the option at that point. Because I can tell you when I was a teenager and I had to go to therapy after I tried to take my life, I didn't want to go, so therefore I didn't fucking listen. It wasn't until two years ago that I chose to go, and that's when things actually started to begin to change for me. Well, here's here's one thing that I found is like as a coach, I'm I'm pretty uh, cutthroat on my opinions. Like mm-hmm. even even as a friend to my greatest friend, you know how I am. Yeah. If you tell me something and you tell me what's going on, I'm going to be straight up with you and be like, well, tough luck, dude. This is how it is. I'm going to give you the honest truth of if I think you're stupid, if I think you're being an idiot, mm-hmm. like which some people respond well to that, which is mm-hmm. fine. But I think some people do need that somebody to sympathize with them for sure to to hear them out and give them they don't ne- technically need a solution they just need to be heard they just need to be heard which is the truth man and like i think me as a person like if my friends tell me something's wrong my my immediate thing is like well how can i tell them to fix it yeah and you know sometimes people don't that's not what they're looking for that's not what they need um and, and it's hard for for somebody like me as a coach to like give that aid because that's not the type of person I am. You understand what I mean? Like, yeah. So I I sometimes will tell people like, okay, man, like you know, I've tried to help you here through this. Like, for example, I have I've had a few clients over the years where it's like they continuously cheat on their diet because they're upset about something like you know life got hard or they got stressed out so they were like i've just got to eat mm-hmm. you know that's a lot of people's coping mechanism as you know when we were younger if you were sad sometimes you would eat mm-hmm. and that would make you feel better right mm-hmm. um so i understand that's some people's way of doing things but it's hard to get out of that unless you find out the reason why you're doing it for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, and i'm the same way man like when and that's something that I, I have to try to work on in certain situations is I'll have sometimes ask, do you want me to just listen or do you want me to help? You know yep. what I mean? Because I'm the same way where if someone comes to me with a problem, I feel morally obligated to fix it. At that point, it's my responsibility to fix it. That's how I've, I've always been, right? That's just how I'm yep. wired. But then, like you said, sometimes they don't, they don't want a step-by-step plan. They just yeah. want you to listen. And that's hard for me because then I feel like I'm not doing what I need, but that's what they need. So you're doing what you're supposed to do. So, but, and it's a tough position to be in with what we're doing as coaches, because like, like you said, like mental, I would say, especially in the sport of bodybuilding, your mental health is the most important thing in this sport. Like the mind goes where the body or the body goes where the mind leads, excuse me. And if you were mentally in shambles, you can only go so far because this sport tends to amplify whatever demons you have is what I've learned. And I still love the sport. 
but I'm gonna, like I said, I, training is my favorite thing on this fucking planet. I, I live for it. It's the first place that I found empowerment in this life. It's a place where I've been able to, you know, kind of, it was the first place I was able to harness a lot of this chaos in my brain and put it into what I deem a productive space, right? Because obviously I'm improving aesthetically and everything else, and that makes me feel good about myself. But at the end of the day, I don't think doing curls is going to fix your depression, right? Or I don't think doing a squat is going to fix your eating disorder, right? Where this can be a layer of therapy, but I think that like it isn't the end-all be-all. There have to be other outlets, other you know modalities that you're using to try to make yourself healthier. Because if your whole coping mechanism is when shit hits the fan, I'm going to go train. I've been there. Once you leave the gym, the trauma or whatever, that thought still hasn't left your mind. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, so there needs to be other things put in place. And that's why I think therapy is important for just about anybody. Yeah, I agree, man. That's the thing is like, you know, back in the day when I was 18 years old, it was about 18 days after I turned or 10 days after I turned 18. That was whenever I was arrested for trafficking marijuana. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to court for a straight year before anything happened. I remember I was depressed because I didn't know where my life was going to go. I didn't know if I was going to be able to start school. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, like, I I couldn't, like, pursue a girlfriend or any, like, positive friendships because I was like, I might be going away for some time. Like, I don't even know if I'll be here next year. Mm -hmm. And I look back at those situations and, you know, I would rely a lot on the wrong people to to help me out like i was going to some of my friends that weren't in the best positions mentally themselves to talk about my issues with whenever i should have been seeking out a professional yeah and i look back at those times and i'm like wow like why didn't you talk to somebody why were you putting that on other people and putting your trauma onto other people whenever you could have been talking to somebody and you know living a better life Yeah, I think because especially, I mean, at any age, but especially that age, you know, it's a lot easier to just distract yourself with what is going to immediately feel good versus having the hard conversations. Like, I can say for a lot of my life, I've turned to drugs and alcohol and whatever else is a distraction versus wanting to face myself, right? Because it's a lot easier to go get high or whatever else or party and not think than it is to have to sit down and go, okay, this is what I'm doing wrong. I have to fix it. You know, it's taken me my entire lifetime to figure that out, right? Like where, oh, hey, Chris, turns out drugs aren't helping you. They're just making things worse. Yeah. I think a lot of it in the bodybuilding realm, though, is a lot of people, like you said, drugs are prevalent. Like I've I've seen people use cocaine and meth and all sorts of shit and prep to cope and get through it. Yep. And I've also seen the other spectrum where people use food. Yeah. You know, I've had people that will chew up Oreo cookies and spit them back out. Yep. And it it leads to worse things. And I'm like, you've got to figure out why mentally you're doing that. And and I think this is an important topic too. Um, Stop fucking prepping if that's happening. Yes. It's, it's not, it is. I, I listen, I love bodybuilding. I love competing. It is not worth losing your sanity over to step on a stage yeah, okay it's gonna make things worse man it's like a dark rabbit hole that you just yeah. can't get out of because here's the thing and i'm gonna break this down for what it is right 
okay, so we we who are in this sport live a privileged enough life where we can go to the gym to do fake work to feel better about ourselves, right? If, if we explained bodybuilding to somebody who had no earthly idea what it was, they would be so confused. And on top of that, we are choosing to put our bodies through hell to step on stage for a group of individuals to judge us. Okay, so how healthy does that really sound? Because it's not. But I still love it. But I can recognize what it is. But we have our entire lives that we have to live with this brain that is in our skull. And if this sport is uh, adding scar tissue up there, so to speak, don't do it. Like you don't know, like I always tell people like competing is a choice. Mm -hmm. Nobody put a gun to your head and said, you have to prep and get on stage. You don't fucking have to. And I promise you as somebody who struggles with mental health, the, the second this gets in the way, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I, I think one of the most mature things I've seen from people that have done prep and they realize they're not in a mental spot to bring it 100% is they drop out or they pick a show later or they decide to reverse out and do a show, you know, next year. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. Like I, I, I respect anybody that's ever done that with me because it's a hard conversation to have. But, you know, some people, they will start mentally struggling with these issues or, you know, they're going through something in life that most people don't go through. Like. When I went through my divorce and prep, I should have quit. Mm -hmm. I, I look back at it and I'm like, why did I fucking continue to do this? It, it led me to a very deep it's a, depression. It's and a coping mechanism. It's, it's a coping mechanism. It is. You know, that that was my idea was like, okay, this is giving me something to focus on. Yeah. But with a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll message me and be like, man, you know, this is going on. I'm having a relationship problem. I'm having this issue. Um, my, I lost my job. I'm like, hey, you know, this may be something to think about to, you know, prep at a different time or compete at a different time because the stage is always going to be there. Yep. I, I have to say that to everybody. I'm like, the stage is always going to be there. I've had to remind myself of that my, at times. You know, I've been away from stage for almost three years now. Yeah. And mentally, sometimes that's hard for people, but it's, it's always going to be there and there's always a better time and it's better to be a hundred percent mentally in it than to prep with 50% of your mental in it and waste your time, money, energy, and possibly have a bunch of issues afterwards. Yeah. Like you'll lose your mind if you're not careful with this for sure. Like you have to, like we've talked about before, like you have to go into this with as stable of a foundation across the board as you possibly can, because it's not going to be as stable by the end of it. I, I don't know how anybody can say it would be like, as far as like your professional life, your relationships in life, your friendships, everything, you have to be prepared for the absolute worst because prep, unless you've gone through it is a mentally daunting task. Yeah. Um, but it becomes for a lot of people, including myself, like I'll, I'll lay claim to it. Like prep has been a distraction for me in the past because it allowed me to be neurotically obsessive about a day for an entire year. Right. And just nothing else mattered. Prep was all that mattered, you know? And, but then that leads into post-show depression. Right. And I think a lot of us go through it more than we realize. And I, that's one thing I try to talk very openly about, but after my first show, um, I gained 53 pounds in 21 days and lost my fucking mind. I hated bodybuilding. I hated competing. And it wasn't that I actually hated the sport itself. I hated what I allowed myself to do because I had literally no control, right? 
And yeah. I just binge ate every day. I didn't have a rebound plan. The the coach I was with at the time didn't give me one. And I ate and ate and ate and ate and tried to just eat. Basically, it was one of those things. I got I stepped off stage. I got insanely depressed because I obsessed over this show for literally a year. Stepped on stage, won it. Stepped off stage, didn't feel like I deserved to win it. That's where my imposter syndrome kicked in. And then, you know, my 15 minutes of fame was, you know, came and went. And now I've got this appetite of affirmations that I was no longer receiving that I was for the first time in my life. And now I've got a void that I need to fill. How am I going to do that food? Because I haven't gotten to eat this entire prep because I've been dieting for 33 weeks. And then I get fat and then my body dysmorphia kicks in and then I hate myself. See what I'm saying? Like this is common though. I've seen this happen to countless people. And it's a matter of you have to be prepared and you also have to be comfortable enough to have these conversations because I wouldn't tell a soul that I was struggling at this point. I was 20 years old and a prideful little shit. And I couldn't tell anybody that I was struggling because I didn't, I, I was so unaware of what I was doing. And then the smoke finally cleared and I went, oh no. And it took me almost the, so when COVID hit in 2020, I just moved to Nashville and the gym shut down and I stopped working out for three months and I needed to because I felt so obligated to train that training no longer held the same place in my heart. Like it just, it wasn't the same outlet for me. I had to find other outlets outside of it to, to that made me excited. So when COVID hit, I, I, I did not work out for three. I did not pick up a barbell. I didn't do anything for three months and I needed that. And it took almost the entirety of 2020 for me to reestablish my love for training, for bodybuilding, for everything. And I had to do, I just intuitively ate for a, almost a year before I felt comfortable. And then I reached out to you in March of 2021. Cause I was like, I feel okay. Um, Sorry, my dog is having a nightmare right now. He's sleeping behind me. Hey, hey, you good, dude? Sorry about that. Shout out, Gru. Um, but that's that's where what I had to learn. And so I, I and I, let me let me also say I don't say all of this to discourage anybody from competing. That's not my point, right? No. It's just I want to give people the honest truth of the matter of what can occur because I don't want people going into it thinking it's sunshine and rainbows. The shit is fucking hard, and that's why we respect competitors because it's not meant for everybody, but it doesn't need to be for everybody. Yeah, that's the thing is like for me being through that myself, that is one thing I am comfortable with helping my clients with, Mm -hmm. you know. The the experience post-show, I found I've been very successful with helping people transition out of it because i've been through it so many times that i now know like how somebody's going to react mentally i try to prepare them beforehand uh mental health coming out of show with that transition if you give me the opportunity to like i've done with all all my clients is i will talk to them and i'll tell them what to prepare for Mm -hmm. i'm like hey this is going to be harder than the actual prep itself i just want to let you know ahead of time i want you to communicate with me and want you to tell me what's going on for some people, it takes them a month to, you know, get back into a stable relationship with food and mental health and environment. Some people, it takes three months. Some people, it takes six months. You know, it is a hard thing to do, but that is one thing where I feel like a good coach is actually a necessity. Yes. You know. All right. Well, everybody, it would not be the modcast without more technical difficulties. So, WebEx, we love you. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyways, what I was going on. Um, so I, I do think with the coming out of show, that's where a good coach can actually be useful. You know, 
having somebody to relate to you in that certain situation of why you're doing that or how to get through it. Because in my opinion, contest prep is not something most therapists have been through. Mm -mm. Um, so it's hard to relate. You know, it's very hard to relate with somebody that is coming out of that because you can't understand why like leptin and ghrelin levels are, you know, off the hinges. So I do feel comfortable as a coach there and have had great success rates with clients coming out of shows because of the ability to relate with them and offer advice based on, you know, how they're responding. So I always tell my clients coming out of show, like I, I warn them ahead of time. I'm like, Hey, this is what to expect. This is going to be harder than the actual prep. And then from there, you can kind of make a plan together to go ahead and communicate so that they have a successful transition for some people this takes you know a month for some people this can take four months some people six months yeah and and and, and i think the more times you do it the easier it gets right like my first show i gained 53 pounds in 21 days last prep i gained I think like 20 pounds pretty quickly, but it was obviously we, you know, the circumstances that I was put into and we won't really delve into that, but, um, it was a toxic relationship situation. And this, this show we're a month post show and I've gained what 12 pounds, I think like, yeah. like this one, I feel a lot better about. I just know what I've learned for myself is I can't buy certain things and keep them in my apartment and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but we've also, also, also you and I talk every day. Right. Like yeah. so we've established that relationship where like, if I know I'm struggling, I can reach out to you and be like, dude, here's what's going on. But again, it, it, the first time is I think the most difficult. And I, and I wrote an article about it, about like prep is like you're in a prison cell, but you can leave whenever you want, right? The door's wide open. You can walk out whenever you want, but you choose not to, cause you want to get on stage. And that is the anchor that's keeping you there to prevent you from slipping off a plan because you know you're going to step on stage basically naked in front of hundreds of people. Once the show's over with, the prison walls are now gone too, right? Your cell walls are gone. Now you're just sitting there with no boundaries, like no, um, there's no blockade that you have to worry about. And you can roam freely if you so choose, but you shouldn't, yep. right? And that's the hardest thing because now discipline has changed. Your why has changed. And obviously, like, there's a point, like you said, with ghrelin and leptin where, like, your body's trying to convince you to eat food. Your body's literally like, nah, dude, you should eat. And you're like, ah, I can't. And your body's like, no, but, like, you should eat. Because your body's trying to get back to a homeostatic place when it comes to your body fat percentage. But you can't stop yourself once you start as somebody who's done it, right? Um, and so it becomes a really hard game to play of, like – when to push, when to pull, how much you can eat, when can you actually maybe not be on plan perfectly and all these other things. And that's where it becomes difficult. And so that's where you have to have a coach who's been through it. Like you cannot, yeah. I, I don't know how you could be a prep coach without going through a prep or two or five yourself. Yeah. That is so strange to me whenever I see coaches coaching people for contest prep and they've never been through it because I'm like, you definitely can't relate to low body fat percentage. You no. definitely can't relate to the mental hell that is the final weeks of prep. You can't relate to the parts of coming out of prep and those feelings. So I'm like, I, I think the biggest mistake, I, if, if a competitor goes to somebody for coaching for a competition that's never competed before, I think they're low IQ. 
Yep. Yeah. I'm just like, why did you do that? Because you set yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. Like I have never went to a coach before that has not competed and not walked the walk and cannot understand how that, that period feels. It is hard, man. Like it fucking sucks. And it's, it's something that like, I've mentioned this before, but it makes you question yourself. You're like, it can make the most disciplined, dedicated person into something that they're not like, you know, you're, you're doing stuff that you're like, I would never do this. Yeah. And you're like, and you're wondering how to get out of it. And you can't talk to nobody that's, unless they've been through it, you can't talk to them about it. No, they're not going to understand. That's, that's how I feel about hiring a coach in general. Like, you, I just don't understand when people go to like, I'm trying to think of how to word this, a coach who's never had to really change their body, right? They've just always kind of looked good or whatever it may be. And it's like, how are they going to be able to empathize with anything you're struggling with? Like, why would you go to, let's say you're morbidly obese and you want to lose weight. Why would you go to somebody who's never had to lose a substantial amount of weight, yeah. They're not going to understand what you're going through. They're not going to understand like the the addiction to food that you might have that I had. Yeah. You know, or if you're on the flip and if you're like a really lanky small person and you're trying to gain weight, how are you going to go to somebody who's never had to actually kind of work through that and understand the struggles of yeah. basically force feeding themselves that's, or whatever it may be? That's the truth, man. And like that's that's things like I've been through both ends, you know, Same. where I started off as a I graduated high school at 98 pounds. I haven't been 98 pounds since kindergarten. Exactly. I graduated high school at 98 pounds mm -hmm. and I am now, you know, maxed out around 210 pounds. Big. But, you know, that I basically ate myself from high school. So I learned how to grow. But also during some of these times, I became extremely fat mm -hmm. and I had to cut down to get in contest shape. Yep. So I've been on both sides of that spectrum and it's in its experience from feeling those ways which I think is very important to be able to relate with people. Like you said, like a therapist can help with stuff on the outside realm of away from competing. Like, you know, your, your, your grandmother passed away and you need somebody to talk to. You had childhood trauma, but a coach can help with the things that involve the actual phases of dieting mm -hmm. or bulking yep. or the issues that come along with that. Like, you know, with bulking, for example, I get to the point where I'm eating so much food that I'm miserable and I feel like puking up every meal. Well, yep. I have a coach that's been through that before and I have friends that have been through that before. And I talk to them and reminding them and figuring out strategies to get through that is great to have. But on the other hand, if, you know, my grandpa passed away in prep one time, mm -hmm. I wouldn't go talk to my coach about that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And that's, that's the difference. That's the separation. And that's the one place where I will toot my horn very proudly of like, I've done all of it as far as like losing weight, gaining weight. And I've done almost all of it by myself up until I hired you last year. I've been self-coached mostly for nine years. And so I can relate. So if someone comes to me and they're like, well, man, I was, I was, you know, I'm skinny or I was skinny and it's hard to gain weight, buddy. I was, I'm six foot one. I was 160 pounds when I was 18 years old right after going through bulimia and I had to learn how to reverse diet and grow. And now I'm like 
heaviest I've been is like 245. Or, well, I was fat growing up, you don't understand. I've been obese literally twice. I lost 100 pounds, then I gained it back, and then lost it again. So when it comes to those conversations, I can be the one to talk to you. But if you're struggling with addiction, I can't be the one to talk to you about that. I can relate as someone who's been there, but I can't be the one to help you through that. That's where a therapist comes into play. So it's scope of practice. But, but like we said before, too, it's still important to... I still think to a certain degree, it's important if you feel vulnerable enough and secure enough with your relationship with your coach to bring these things up, but not having the expectation that they're going to be the one to fix it, Exactly. Right? where I've had people come to me like, Hey, I fell off a plan this week because I'm, I'm going through, now I'm going through a divorce because I found out X, Y, and Z, my husband did this, that, and the other. And I'm going to say, Hey, I'm really fucking sorry about that. Now I understand why there was a lack of adherence. Let's do, let's take a diet break. Let's do whatever. But also here's where I think you should go to talk to a therapist because I haven't been through a divorce. I can't empathize in the same regard. Right. And that's the, that's the yep. difference of the two. Yep. That's another example I have. And this will be my final example. That's a good one is I ha I've had a client for about three years and, you know, before working with me, she was going through eating disorders and she hired me on because she wanted to get a better body. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with her for three years now. Well, you know, she works with me and I write her diet out. And she also works with a therapist who helps her in the, the cases where she's feeling like going through that eating disorder issue again. Mm -hmm. So there's times when she messages me and she'll send me pictures and she'll be like, I feel like I look worse here. Um, what do you think? And, you know, as a coach, I give her feedback. That's mm -hmm. honest feedback. And I tell her, you know, she it's crazy. She looks insane. She looks so much better. She looks healthier. She's got more muscle. She's stronger. But her body, her her mind tells her that she looks worse because yeah. of like stuff like scale weight. So that is the job of a coach where I can encourage her and tell her like, hey, everything you're doing is correct. This is great. But on the other hand, if she was feeling like going off and, you know, going back to her eating disorder that she had previously, I am not the one to talk her through that. No, no, no. And we, we've, we've acknowledged that she knows that she, she's fully aware that, you know, I don't have the capability to do that. I am there to make her better in her stages as an athlete. But when it comes to the mentality of the eating disorder, she has somebody completely separate for that. And that's what it takes. I mean, you, you yeah. have to, we talk about all the time, like, obviously, I think investing in a coach is one of the best things you can do as somebody who waited years to do it. It, it has definitely altered my trajectory as, as a competitive athlete. But you also have to invest in your mental health, because this is the head that we're fucking stuck with. It's not going anywhere. And it's not going to fix itself, right? Like, ultimately, we all will go through trauma and shit in our lives. It is inevitable. And all trauma is, in my head, equal to the next, right? This is not a game of who's been through the most, right? We're all going through it, and it all fucking sucks. And working out, competing, everything else isn't going to fix it. In certain cases, I think it can amplify whatever internal, you know, chaos that you, turmoil that you have. Um, and you need to be willing to invest. If you're willing to invest into supplements, I think you can invest into weekly therapy. Yeah, right. I agree. You know, and I, another thing to reiterate is everybody handles things differently. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, it took me one session with therapy. Mm -hmm. 
for others, it could take twice weekly like it does you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think it's an individual basis, but I do think that it's something that everybody should try. For sure. Um, you know, it may not, it may be like, you're like me and you only need it once. You may be like Chris, where it's very beneficial to you on a twice weekly basis. Yep. So I, I, I just think that a lot of people need to realize like, it's okay to try. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to reach out for help. There's certain things that your friends cannot help you with. Yep. There's certain things that your coach is not qualified to do. Yep. So you will be a better athlete, a better person. You will get further in life if you take care of your mental health first. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's what I've learned because I've put it off for years and things are getting better, you know? Um, and, and also, you know, with that too, healing isn't always linear. Like it's not to say if you start going to therapy, your world's going to be fixed immediately. And that's why I go twice a week because it is, I've got a lot of shit to unpack that I have not unpacked in my life. And so, but it's benefiting me in other ways. And so that's why I continue to do it. And I look forward to it now, you know, because it provides me more insight and understanding of who I am as a person and why I act the way that I do in certain circumstances. So I'm huge on it. And that's the biggest thing is like, I'm more than willing to stand up and say, I'm not okay. And that's why I go to therapy. And I think other people should try it too. Agreed. That's, that's the basic, that's, that's the facts is like we, mental health, in my opinion, is one of the most important aspects. Like, I, like we mentioned when we started this, handle that and a lot of other things will come to fruition for you. Yeah. Um, if you want to be a pro, IFBB pro, mental health, in my opinion, is what separates IFBB pros from national level competitors. Yep. And if you take care of those certain things, the better you will be. And, you know, that, that goes for everybody, you know. For myself, as far as with business, you know, I had to break past certain mental barriers to feel good about doing everything I do, you know, and now I feel so great mentally, I'm able to conquer more goals. Mm -hmm. So very important stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't think people realize like you will be your biggest obstacle in this life if you allow yourself to be. Yep. If you can, if you can start to understand who you are as a person, you can go literally as far as you want to in this life. And that's something that I'm starting to become aware of. So we're big on this. Seek help. Mental health is the most important fucking thing, in my opinion. Um, like we've said before, you know, if you guys have any questions of, of resources, where to go, please feel free to reach out to either one of us. Um, yep. Like I said, I go through betterhelp.com. Um, but there are other resources too. And like I said, you know, we're always open to conversation with you guys. We love all of you. We appreciate you listening, taking time out of your day. Um, do you have any other profound closing statements, Ty Ty? Oh, that's a thing. If you ever needing um, a recommendation for somebody to go to, I mean, I've, I've sent people plenty of places. I have, you know, old clients of mine that are therapists that I send to that therapist, or mm -hmm. if they don't work out, they'll send you to somebody else. Um, as far as if it goes to, you know, stuff involving competing, if you're struggling in prep, you know, reach out to somebody that you can relate to. I promise you I've been through it. It yep. sucks. It but does. if you have somebody to talk to about it that gets it, it reminds you why you're doing it. So always feel free to reach out to me there too. You know, I have all my clients do it. I have a lot of people that aren't my clients that are prepping themselves that reach out to me and that's completely fine. Yeah. 
I'm always open to talk to people. This is where my purpose lies in this world. So, um, yeah, get help. It's worth it as someone who's doing it right now. Um, so like we said before, we love and appreciate you guys. Please leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Um, give us a shout out, message us, whatever you want to do. We appreciate any and all feedback that you want to give us. Um, and we thank you. So until next time, thank you for listening to the modcast. Doodle do. Doodle do.